This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for March 26, 2023. The title of the message is, The Lord Stands By Us. If you would turn with me in your Bibles uh, to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I realized um, I was so caught up in, in praying uh, let's um, let's go to the Lord in prayer as, as we prepare uh, to hear His Word, and and, and I apologize for for um, uh, just caught up and can't even read my own writing. So let's pray together. Our Father, we come with Your Word open. Uh, Lord, may it reflect uh, the openness of our hearts. We thank You for for the Roarbas to have fully um, got their funding to go to do the work that they've called them. We pray for. The lions, uh, we pray for Uganda, Lord, to um, as they um, seek to um, to uh, follow um, uh, as they seek to protect their own people in various ways, Lord, from the the uh, radical uh, homosexual agenda. We pray that we would not, as a country, and you know, from the from the West, interfere, uh, Lord, and and. Um, and threaten and, and hold hostage any help uh, that the poor people of Uganda need, uh, Lord. And may we, may, may we as a nation not hinder uh, the work of the gospel in any way. And so we pray for President Biden, uh, Lord, that he would make follow the better judgment, Lord. Uh, but at the same time, we also pray that however the law is written, we pray that um, those who are who struggle with homosexuality, Lord, that we would see them as those who are made in the image of God, that they are people just like us, and what they need more than anything else aren't laws to uh, to uh, oppress them, but a gospel to free them. We pray also then for um, Cecilia as she recovers from COVID. We pray for... Um, uh, we pray for... Um, for Kathy and Sally as they go to the Philippines on Tuesday and for Rollin with his infection and for Mr. Novinger in the preparation of his heart surgery. Lord, would you bless then uh, your word this evening, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would open your scriptures with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're continu- we are pretty much at the end of... Uh, Paul's second letter, and we hopefully uh, we will be um, uh, heading into Titus. Uh, the question is, you know, uh, if I will have a um, one more kind of short uh, series and then go into Timothy or t- Titus, excuse me, or if I should just go straight into Titus. You guys can talk to me afterwards and tell me what you think. So um, uh, we ended last week. Um, we ended last week uh, in verse uh, 13, and so what I'll do this evening is to read um, verse 14 all the way to the end, and, um, and then we'll, we'll uh, finish up this book. Here now then, the reading of God's holy word, beginning in verse 14 of chapter 4. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. 
At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Anesiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who was ill, at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do uh, Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. And this is the reading of God's holy word. May he add his blessing to it this evening. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, about several months ago, I went to my 30th high school reunion. And uh, it, was, it was not what I expected. It was, it was better than I expected. But what it, what it showed me, what it taught me was I'm getting old, very old. <laughs> it, was great. it was great when I was like 10, 10 year anniversary, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, in comparison, okay, I mean, I, I feel old. How about that? I feel old uh, and... and um, and it was great to see old friends, old friends, very close friends that uh, uh, who who were there for me, and I was there for them uh, in good times and in bad times. Uh, friends that I spent more time with than even my own family. Um, and uh, one of the lessons that I learned was, at the same time, we were not as close as we were then. Uh, and I realized that, you know, good friends, no matter how close you think they are, sometimes they stick by you and sometimes they, you just drift apart for whatever reason. And, but at the same time, we thank the Lord for all the people whom we can call friends who have had a part in helping us and shaping us as people. And the same can be said for our fellow saints. Uh, over the course of our Christian life, so many fellow brothers and sisters, some new believers, some very, very seasoned believers, some less mature, some more mature, come in and out of our lives the way, you know, because of various circumstances. Uh, and we can be thankful for them. And so this evening, as we conclude Paul's letter here, it just made me think, you know, that our fellow in the Christian life, our fellow Christian friends, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, as well as adversaries, as well as those who would oppose us, those who we don't get along with and those who hate us, those who would also uh, run counter to the mission of the gospel, they all may come and go, but the Lord will always stand by us. So that's, that's what I want us to look at this evening. Uh, so, the, my, so first I want us to look at 
how our Christian friends as well as adversaries may come and go, but we can uh, thank the Lord uh, and remember the gospel for all of them. Uh, if you look at verse, if you look at verse, um, uh, verse, four, uh, let me see, verse 14, verse 14, we think of, I'm sorry, let me stop there. Uh, if, let's look at um, verse 19. We're going to look at old friends. First, old friends uh, who have blessed us in the past, we can thank the Lord for. If you look at verse 19 there, the Apostle Paul uh, refers to Prisca and Aquila, right? They, Prisca and Aquila and the house of Anesiphorus greet you. And if you remember Prisca and, uh, and Aquila from the book of Acts, they were co-laborers. They were co-workers with Paul. Uh, the way that, you know, sometimes the way that we read Paul uh, in the book of Acts uh, or sometimes the way that we think of Paul uh, throughout the New Testament is that Paul and maybe like Silas, maybe Timothy, maybe Barnabas and Mark uh, were, were, would go out uh, and do pioneering missions work. Uh, but the book of Acts tells us that it was more, it was a larger group of maybe like six to ten. You know, you had Luke, right? Luke, the, the uh, physician. And then you had Prisca and Aquila, a husband and wife team. And, uh, and that makes a case for having a core group of missionaries and not just ministers and evangelists, and they're the missionaries, and then, you know, you've got some of the other helpers. Uh, they were all missionaries together, uh, planting churches, doing evangelism, you know, helping to begin the church, and then um, moving on depending on, uh, on the needs of any various mission and move in into other areas. But Prisca and Aquila, if you remember, they came across a man named Apollos. And Apollos had been baptized uh, uh, with John's baptism, and he was sharing uh, John the Baptist's message. You know, repent and believe, uh, for the kingdom of God is near. And then he would baptize them, but he would only baptize them with a baptism of repentance. And Prisca and Aquila... Uh, having the more the fuller truth of the gospel um, set him aside and told him the gospel and and at that point then he was baptized with uh, the triune name a gospel baptism with the full uh, gospel and uh, and so they were part of Paul's missionary team and Paul uh, tells Timothy that 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 they greet him uh, that uh, what what we're seeing here is uh, that the, you can see the depth of love that uh, they had for one another as friends, as co-laborers, uh, and as partners in the ministry. And uh, and they're probably uh, you know they're from the very beginning. They're old friends, and so they're catching up. And now that's natural, isn't it? As Christians, when it, what I love. What I love, um, you know, ministering here in the OPC is that every so often we'll get visitors from other OPC churches where that are pastored by my good friends from seminary or from times in the past. And they're like, oh, you know, so-and-so says hi. And I'm like, man, I haven't seen them since we were, you know, 
25, or I haven't seen them since we were graduating seminary. And, and, uh, and I'm just thankful for, for those people who, who uh, I had fellowship with and, and learned from, uh, from, from our all-night study sessions in preparation for the Old Testament prophets' finals, you know, translating Hebrew, uh, talking about eschatology, and, and doing Greek and Hebrew flash, you know, vocab cards. And, uh, and then those friends who spoke the truth to you when you needed to hear it, and they said it in a way that encouraged you and edified you and, and uh, didn't bring shame or they didn't, they didn't do it to spite you. They did it because they loved you. Um, and so that's really what Paul is doing here. He's, he's conveying that love from old friends from the past, Onesiphorus at the same time as well. Onesiphorus was a friend, was a co-laborer who was came from Corinth to look for Paul uh, in Rome, right? If you look at, uh, was it chapter 1, verse uh, 16 to 18, he, Paul says this, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Um, just remembering those friends uh, from the past and into the present of how formative they were. How they were there for you when you were at your lowest I think many of you, if not all of you, have those kinds of friends. And so uh, it's just a sign of God's love and grace that he provides friends of that nature for you. That there are uh, friends who stick closer to you than brothers, right? Your own flesh and blood. And so Paul is demonstrating that truth uh, in, in in these final greetings. Uh the Lord also gives us co-laborers to help us in the present. Not just in the past, but co-laborers that are with us in the present. If you look at verses 20 and 21, uh, Paul uh, not only asks Timothy to come with Mark, right? And last week we talked about uh, the grace of God's reconciling power to reconcile Mark to where Paul, when they had split before because of differences uh, and, and in a disagreements, Paul actually asks for Mark by name. He says, he's, he is helpful to me in my ministry. Uh, and, and he asks Timothy to, to, uh, to bring his cloak, his books, his parchments, chapter 4, verse 13. And then he asks Timothy to come before winter when it was difficult to travel from Ephesus. Um, you know, very, you know, we take for granted you know, that, um, that we can travel in inclement weather. And in the winter, if you wanted to travel by sea or by land, winter was the, was the hardest time to do it. Uh, uh, some people say from November 10th to March 10th was the winter season, which, you know, if you had to travel, you, you know, you can't help it. But if you could help it, you don't travel during that time. Floods, storms, snow, all kinds of dangers. And it is in this winter season, for example, that Paul's ship was shipwrecked. Uh, 
And, and so he wants Timothy to come before that season so that he could get there in a timely and a safe uh, fashion. Uh, because he, Why? Because he wants Timothy and Mark there as soon as possible so that they could encourage him and be with him. Uh, and as we'll see later on, to stand with him when no one else did uh, before. Uh, Brian, uh, let me see. Uh, and then Erastus and Trophimus. I hope I'm saying that the right way. We're not completely sure who Erastus uh, was, but if we, if it's the same Erastus from um, Romans chapter 16, verse 23, he was the city treasurer, uh, and um, and he was a fellow believer. And so we're we're not completely sure what he did, but you know he was he's he was there to encourage Paul to where he could where Erastus can greet. Uh, Timothy and then Trophimus uh, accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. Acts twenty, verse four. And the the point of all this is that uh, the Lord also provides for uh, uh, friends and fellowship and an encouragement among our Christian brothers and sisters in the present as well as the past. That right here, right now, all of us together, we encourage one another simply by our presence with each other. Um, uh, simply by our ministry to one another when we're up or when we're down, right? We need our friends to tell us the truth so we don't get too big ahead when we're up, when things are going great, and, and, uh, and we don't get puffed up. But we humble ourselves in a gospel way to remember that, that everything we have, uh, we have received from the Lord. Even those things like uh, achievements, right, of, of work, of school, uh, in our careers, in our vocations, all of those things uh, we did not achieve wholly on our own, but by God's gift and God's grace. And so our friends are there to, to make sure that our, we don't get too big ahead. And then when we're down, we need those friends to be with us, to lift us up and to remind us not of what we don't have, not of what we've lost, not of the tragedy of life and the difficulties of God's providence, but of what we have already in the Lord and through the Lord. Um, I remember, you know, there were uh, brothers and sisters uh, uh, who I've come across where, you know, in the, in, in the larger scheme of things, they're rich. They have food on the table. They have a home. They have a television. They, they even have cable and they have cell phones. Uh, uh, and they have uh, beat-up cars that they can get to from get to A to B. They have a wife. They have kids. And, and maybe they, they're um, going through a difficult time. Maybe um, they got fired from a job. Or maybe um, their career isn't going the way that they thought. And, and all they do is they concentrate on what they have lost or what they don't have. And, 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 and love... Christian love reminds us that we need to share with them, tell them with grace and with love what they have. Uh, not to be, you know, Christian Eeyores, but to, but to be as, as, uh, as, as hope-filled Christians as, as one possibly can. That they have eternal life in Jesus Christ. No one can take it away. 
We have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We are rich beyond all measure in the gospel. So if we, if we, uh, if we are living paycheck to paycheck, or maybe we don't have anything in the bank, we're still rich. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't help them monetarily or whatever else uh, uh, physically if they need it, but, but uh, it is, it is to, to encourage them. Uh, to love them with the truth of the gospel, even in the present. And so the Lord gives us those kinds of friends uh, and, um, and family. And then the third category here of, of friends and, and brothers and sisters are new friends to encourage us, not only for the past, from the past, not only in the present, but also for the future. Uh, and that's who these four, I guess at the end uh, in verse uh, verse 21, that's who these are. Eubulus, Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and, and the brothers, who I think uh, one would surmise inclu- is the uh, Roman church, the, brother, the, fa- the Christian church there in Rome. And they show us how faithful saints through the years can and will bless the body of Christ, uh, from now until Jesus returns. And though we don't know who they are, right? We don't know who they are. God knows who they are. Timothy knows who they are. Paul knows who they are and how they have blessed them. And so in some ways, this is very much, I think, uh, a, a reference to, I think, the the humanness of of our relationship to one another in the church of Jesus Christ. That through the gospel, real people, not, not just, you know, these bigger-than-life figures like Paul or Barnabas or, or Peter or James and John, but real people who, who uh, didn't know the Lord and were converted and became Christians, became members of the church there in Rome or, or wherever they were and blessed Paul and became uh, co-laborers with him to where they blessed him and he is passing on their greetings to Timothy, whom they also know. And, uh, and I think, you know, if you think about it, you know, maybe, they, maybe they, they did one thing, or maybe they were just there to encourage Paul and Timothy, and here they are for all eternity. Their name is written in the scriptures. You know, it reminds me uh, some of... Uh, the Lord's words to, uh, when, uh, if you remember, when the, the woman, uh, the prostitute, uh, uh, bought this extravagantly expensive bottle of, of pure nard, right? Like, a, I guess, like a fragrance, like a perfume. And she broke it and poured it on Jesus, you know. Um, or, or the other Mary who, who loved Jesus and uh, washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried his feet with, with her hair. And Jesus says, to, says of these women, he says, you know, uh, this story is going to be told as a memory uh, to, for them. And I think that's partly, I think that's what's going on here as well. That I think Paul is, is um, in God's providence, uh, recording their name for posterity. Maybe he didn't know it, but the Lord is using it. And, and all of that is to say, you know, 
we don't need our names written in the Bible forever to be a blessing to our fellow brothers and sisters now and into the future. Our names are already written in the book of heaven and in the book of life. The Lord knows what we have done and we are going to do. And that's all that matters. And so one day, you know, it doesn't have to be scripture, but one day when someone comes through um, or when somebody leaves us and they, and, and they go somewhere else and they'll say, hey, you know, um, Pastor, you know, James Lim says hi. He, he greets you with the love of Jesus Christ. And they, on the other side, they're like, oh, yes, yes. You know, we, you know, we suffered through so much together. Or, you know, or, or all, any one of your friends, when you hear from them from somewhere else and you know what they've done for you, uh, or maybe you can be that for another person so that in the future, uh, you, they will pass on greetings uh, uh, for you and uh, because you have been a blessing to them. And, and, uh, and that's what these four are. So we need one another. We need one another um, to, to love one another. Uh, to serve one another and to have fellowship with one another uh, in the body of Christ. And it just reflects that kind of life. Uh, and I, I'm very thankful that Paul wrote these names. You know, there's, It's not to generic people, by generic people. It's specific people for specific people uh, to bless us as examples. And then we have, uh, and then we have adversaries. Uh, not just friends who come along to bless us, but we have adversaries to remind us of to fight for and guard the gospel. Uh, if you look at verse 14 and 15, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Uh, beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. And so he's warning Timothy and the church not to harbor ill will against this man because... You know, the Lord will take care of him. But he opposed my message. And what that means, I think what he's saying there is he opposed Paul's gospel. He opposed the gospel openly and maybe even, you know, surreptitiously to hinder the work of the gospel. And so what does that make him? It makes him a usurper. It makes him a a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so Paul is right to warn Timothy and the church of Jesus Christ about this guy. And we ought to do the same we ought to do the same. We ought not to get, you know, um, do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? But the Lord will take care of them, and we, we, we can give them to the Lord, but we can still warn the people and and uh, and don't let them hinder the work of the gospel. Um, over and over again, you see uh, that there's going to be false prophets, false teachers, wolves, sheep's and wolves' clothing, and so it is incumbent upon us as believers and as shepherds elders and pastors, uh, to guard the sheep from those who would do harm by opposing the gospel and undermining the work of the ministry. Um, let's move on to, to, let's move on to, the, um, to the second half here. Uh, we're, we're near the end. When even though we may have friends... In the past, to bless us in the past, present, and the future, and enemies who would oppose the gospel, uh, there will be, they will come and go, and they may even leave us and desert us, but the Lord will always stand 
bias. Um, when people desert you in your greatest time of need, we can take comfort in the Lord that he will always stand by us. There's the gospel right there. Um, look at verse 16 with me. At my first offense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Uh, Paul is probably, he's probably adopting the language of Psalm 22. And Paul is, I think, experiencing the, the life of Christ. He's, he is identifying with, his, with the life of Christ uh, where when, when he stands for the gospel, he's arrested falsely, being beaten, standing before the Roman tribunal, then judge, and everyone else, there's no one else by him. He doesn't even have a lawyer. Uh, in the ancient days, in those times when you stood before the judge, you could have an advocate. And that's really what it means. But that's what an advocate is. You have a, a defense lawyer who would stand by you and speak for you and, uh, and vouch for you uh, in the midst of that, that uh, first uh, defense. And it could be anybody. But Paul's there all by himself because no one has the courage to stand alongside him. So no one, no one stands with him. They all desert him. And uh, it just reminds us of what, what happened to Jesus. You remember? That uh, when he was hauled away, you know, all the, all the disciples were like, I'll die with you, Jesus. I'll fight with you. And, you know, I'll be there and, and, and be with you to the end. And then when he gets arrested, what do they do? They run. You know, they try to fight. Uh, and Jesus, you know, tells them, that, you know, not to fight with a sword. And then they all run away like... Uh, you know, like like cockroaches when the lights turn on, right? Uh, and and Paul's feeling the same experience as he's living. Uh, uh, Christ is he's identifying with Christ, and this is this is the this is what it means to take up your cross and to follow Jesus, to 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 experience aspects of his life in the same way in your own life. And, 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 but he's not mad at them. He's not angry at them. He doesn't want to, to get even with them. He says, may not be charged against them. Why? Because I'm sure as one of the apostles, he heard stories from all the other apostles, including Peter, who abandoned Jesus and denied Jesus three times. Even when a little slave girl says, aren't you, aren't, weren't you with the, you know, with Jesus of Galilee? And, and Peter's like, no, no, I never knew him. I didn't know him. And, and then later on, hearing the rooster crow and feeling the guilt and shame of rejecting and, and, uh, and disowning Jesus. But then we see the beauty and the love of God's grace that restores him. Do you, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Of course I love you. Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you. And then Jesus says, what? Feed my sheep. And then they were restored uh, and reconciled to the Lord. And, um, and so I think Paul is, is saying, you know, I mean, it, uh, maybe it was unfortunate that they abandoned Paul, but it's not like, it's not like uh, it's, with, it's outside of reason that they would do so. You know, we're, we're all, we all um, have faith like a mustard seed, and, and sometimes it, 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 we, we, 
we live by faith and it feels like a mustard seed of courage, of, of boldness. Uh, and at the, at the thought of any kind of persecution, we will run away maybe. Um, I, think we, I, think it, I think we would think too much of ourselves if we would say like Paul or like Peter, you know, I'll die for you. Like we'll never know until the moment comes. We, we, th- we think we might, but we need the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts for that moment. But, uh, but Paul here is saying, you know what? I understand, I think. I think he's saying, I understand. So don't, don't count it against them, Lord. Um, but even though they abandoned me, even though they desert, deserted me, here's the gospel. The Lord stood by me. He strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And, uh, and so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Um, that, that Paul sees his own life and his own circumstances um, in a gospel way so that uh, what, I, what I think Paul is doing here is he's reminding himself of that great truth that Jesus came into the world to save us. And how did he do it? By becoming one of us. And what does that mean? He stood by us and with us, bearing our our humanity. He is God with us so that he can stand for us and stand with us. So So he bears our sin as our advocate, suffering the punishment and the penalty that we deserved dying on the cross in our place uh, as our advocate, as our great high priest who became uh, the sacrifice once for all for our sins. But here's the thing. All his friends abandoned him. They deserted him. No one stood by him. And here's even the, 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 the greater part of his love for us is that God forsook him as well. And you, can, you might even say the, the alternative translation for my God, my God, why have you forsaken me is my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He abandoned him because he bore our sins. Why did he abandon Jesus? So that he would never abandon you and me. That in the gospel, he would always stand by us. He will never leave us nor forsake us, but he would always be with us to the very end. And now, risen, ascended, and at God's right hand, we have an advocate, the only mediator between God and man who stands by us and for us, even when we are all alone. You can just imagine Paul applying the gospel to a situation. He's all by himself, nobody around, but he knows by faith that Jesus is right there with him. And I wonder what, how that would change us and transform us if we saw all of our situations, when we feel the most alone, when we feel all of our friends and family have, have abandoned us, that we, by faith, see that Jesus will always stand by us. And the courage and the joy that would come along with it. Uh, it, makes, it made me think uh, many times about how afraid uh, I have been when I would stand up to open-air preach on college campuses 
and I feel like I'm all by myself because everybody is, everybody else is looking at me, everybody is laughing at me. But how how my ministry and my my countenance and my own encouragement would change completely knowing that Jesus is right next to me to encourage me, uh, to lift me up before the throne of grace, to stand and intercede for me before the Father, and it, and I can preach freely that no matter what happens, Jesus is with me. That's the gospel that Paul reminds himself, and, this, and it's manifested in his words here. And this is the gospel that can change your life when you feel all alone. When you are suffering, when you're hurting, uh, when you feel like nobody loves you and you're lonely, uh, the Lord stood by you, and he will rescue you from the lion's mouth. He, and the Lord will, and then verse 18 here, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his kingdom. And then he, and to him be glory forever and ever. And then verse 22, the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. That, that because Jesus, because the father forsook Jesus and abandoned him he, so that he would never abandon us, now by his grace, he will always be with us. Always with us. Uh, so, no matter what you are experiencing, uh, may that be the truth that you hold on to and never let go. Uh, that you're never alone. That you are loved and that you are, that, that you are stood by uh, the one who died for you. So the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. To him be the glory forever and ever. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for friends in our lives, past, present, and future, for the enemies who remind us to guard the gospel and the one who stood in our place so that he would stand with us always. Lord, help us then to live, to understand those truths so that we would never feel uh, lonely and alone again. To you be glory forever. Would you, would you be with us always, even to the end of the age? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.